So if you haven't been keeping up with the NHL as of late, you should know one specific thing. The Boston Bruins are really good. Like 49, 8, and 5 through 62 games. Kind of good. Like 103 points good. Which is on pace to break the NHL records for most wins and points in a regular season. Level good. And one of the guys powering this historic run is a guy that we are all too familiar with on ESPN Daily because he is bad, but like the good kind of bad and also the bad kind of bad. But I'm talking, of course, about Brad Marchand, a.k.a. the most hated man in hockey. I am Pablo Torre. It is Monday, March 6th. And this is ESPN Daily. Greg Wyshynski, every villain needs a good origin story. So where are you starting your movie about Boston Bruins winger Brad Marchand? (laughs) Well, it's difficult when you have someone like Brad Marchand uh, because there are so many moments in his career from which you can choose But if you had to pick that moment when he uh, fell into the vat of chemicals, if you will, like the Joker, (laughs) uh, it was definitely in 2011, his official rookie season, when the Bruins made the Stanley Cup final against the Vancouver Canucks. And it was in that series that Marchand became not only a notable pest. Now Marchand, Cal is going to come after him and fight him. Ballard wrestling with Brad Marchand, who was getting the initial penalty, I believe. Yeah, Marchand with a little clothesline. But also a notable player uh, in a clutch kind of way. Most famous was Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final, where Marchand grabbed the collar of the Canucks' Daniel Sedin's jersey and delivered a series of punches to the Swede's face with no retaliation. Marchand better be careful because he's hitting... Daniel Sedin with left hands in the face. Kelly Sutherland giving him the warning there. That's just, for, you understand what he's doing, but for a guy that's got a reputation, Brad Marchand, that's not wise. Just, just think of this guy with his head turned <laughs> and this little five foot nine guy is rabbit punching this dude in the face. When you say a series of punches, Greg, just for the record here, how many punches are we talking about? We're, we're, we're talking a, a, a good number of them. Now, we're, ta- we're ta- not talking like a speed bag, although that was the comparison <laughs> that was given to Daniel Sedin's face, but a, a several punches without any repercussions. And when asked after the game why he did it, Marchand responded, because I felt like it. Did he say anything before, or what precipitated it? No, he didn't say anything before. He was just right there. So why'd you punch him? Well, I'm probably <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got You don't feel like punching me, do you? <laughs> because he just wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> exactly. But not to mention he was absolutely lighting up the net that series. Marchand had seven points in the series, including two goals and an assist in their Game 7 win at Vancouver. Bounces all around, reaching Luongo, but a wraparound attack by Marchand! He scores! Marchand! Now, there hasn't been a scientific link established between Brad Marchand 
hoisting the Stanley Cup in Vancouver and the locals lighting their city on fire afterwards. But I do believe it deserves a little bit more study. Agreed. But they win game seven. And so to the victor go the spoils. The Boston Bruins go to the White House uh, after that victory. And it's here where President Barack Obama formally announces Marshawn's pest status and gives him a classic hockey nickname. Brad Marshawn uh, went into the season playing on the fourth line, uh, but the little ball of hate shrugged off the rookie jitters. <laughs> and... Uh, What's up with that nickname, man? <laughs> now, Marshawn was not the first little ball of hate in hockey. That would be Pat Verbeek, who is currently the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks. But you can have more than one little ball of hate in the <laughs> National Hockey League. And I don't think there's a phrase that better sums up Brad Marchand. He's listed at five foot nine. Hence, little. Mm. He has a motor that's constantly going in both ends of the ice. He's rolling through the rink like a little bowling ball. And he plays hard, aggressive hockey that certainly crosses the line, and opponents hate that. But here's the thing. Brad Marchand is a paradox. He's absolutely hated around the league for his pest-like antics, but he's also an incredibly skilled offensive player who may be putting together a Hall of Fame career. In some alternate dimension somewhere, Brad Marchand is not the most notorious man in all of hockey. And in that world, I guess, uh, he is not broadly hated for spearing and taunting and face-licking his peers. He would be a hero in this timeline, one of just the best goal scorers in the National Hockey League, period. But that dimension is not our dimension. And so today, Greg Wyshynski takes us through the life and times of Brad Marchand, a singular figure who is so much better and even more annoying than you think. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So, Greg, you're here to tell us about a guy you've already labeled on the record, a Hall of Famer. And there is, I guess, one category where Brad Marchand is uncontroversially the greatest of all time. And that would be league suspensions. He has been suspended eight times more than anybody ever has in NHL history. And so just give me a sense of his reputation around the league. I think his general reputation around the league is obviously as its chief agitator. 
Kolyikov goes face first into the boards after Marshan hit him. And he is slow to get up. As pest supreme. Marshawn will let him go to the bench. See, Marshawn won't let him go to the bench to get a stick. This guy's unbelievable. He's got every trick in the book, this Marshawn. As someone who has an indelible knack at getting under opponent's skin, either by physical antics or with his yap, I think there's also the reputation that Marchand has of having been a player who earlier in his career seemed to be sort of destined down a path of just being that guy, but who has shown through the last decade that he's much more than that. And is one of the best left wings the National Hockey League has seen from a production standpoint in the last two decades. Marchand, the self pass. He's got a break shorthanded. He scores! Brad Marchand with his 27th lifetime shorthanded goal. I think overall, though, the guy that he just passed for the suspension record in the NHL, Chris Pronger, is, is a good comparison. The thing you always heard about Pronger was this. I hate playing against the guy, but I would love to have him as a teammate. And there are some times where Marchand's personality and his antics get the better of him, and it's a detriment, like getting a six-game suspension when the Boston Bruins are in the middle of a playoff race, for example. But for the most part, the things he does, both from a, both from a pest nature and from an offensive player nature, are things that teammates value. And I do think he's one of those guys where you hate him, and then when he's on your team, you love him. And so I do need just a quick vocab lesson here, Greg, because we've heard the, the term enforcer. Um, speaking to the physical nature, the guy who is there to be a bully on the ice. But you're using the term pest. And what's the nuance in the particular job there as a matter of differentiation? Well, a pest is someone who is there to get under the skin of their opponents, to get them off their game. Now, typically that's going to be by shouting very specific things at them during games to upset them. I think anyone who's seen Slapshot understands the nature of that trash talk, a.k.a. Yes. chirping in the National Hockey League. But it's also doing things like Mark Shand has done through his career to kind of get players off their game through the physicality and, and through moments within the context of the game. Now, you have to remember that within the context of being a pest, there's also a scale. It's like the, the hot pepper scale when you go get a hot sauce. Like there's pests. Mm. And then above that in the deep red are rats. Now, rats <laughs> are players who are pests, but also do things that intend to injure people and then also don't answer for their crimes. In Marchand's case, I feel like the things he does that cross the line into suspension land are usually done within the context and the course of play, and it's not him running around trying to cripple somebody during a game. So a rat is somebody that the game cannot abide. A pest is someone that the game is happy to suspend yeah and and i think in both cases back in the day the enforcer would have been someone to uh keep the peace against both of these types of of individuals and as <laughs> hockey has changed 
you know, there hasn't been a role for the enforcer through the years. Fighting has been in, in decline for over a decade now. There is a sense from the old school hockey people that a Brad Marchand wouldn't necessarily be able to ply his trade as well as he does if we still had guys that play on the fourth line, get 200 penalty minutes a year by punching people in the face. Mm, I love that in the hockey ecosystem, the food chain really does matter. That rats must be eaten by the enforcers and the pests can only thrive when the enforcers are also absent. But all of which is to say beyond like the Scoville scale of like pestitude, as it were, Greg, like there is this rap sheet that Brad Marchand has compiled. How would you begin to sort of highlight the more infamous moments there? (laughs) <laughs> they are many. They are legion. Uh, he has been a player that has certainly had a rap sheet of suspensions. And it's things like elbowing. Uh, there was one where he low bridge hit Sammy Sallow of the Canucks at one point. Big collision on the near side boards. And we're going to get another penalty assessed. Yeah, it's going to be Marshawn, I believe. And Marshawn is going to get the rest of the day off, I'm pretty sure. It it was a certain way that Marshawn would check people that really kind of agitated people earlier in his career. There has been slew foots. There has been clipping. There was one time. What is a slew foot? Another vocab question. So a slew foot is essentially a dirty hockey play where you kind of stick your leg behind an opponent and then use your body to kind of trip him over that leg onto Mm. the ice. And it's a very dangerous thing, obviously, because then the player's head could hit the ice and that sort of thing. There's a slew foot by Marsan. Boy, that was really cheap. Well, let's take a look at this slew foot. Marsan with the right skate, absolutely taking the feet out. And luckily, Magniskin is able to get up and take care of business himself. But that's cheap. So he's been suspended for slew footing. He's suspended for clipping, which is essentially a dangerous check. He was suspended for spearing uh, Jake Dotchin of the Tampa Bay Lightning in the How Do You Do uh, and got two games for that. As we get a look right here, Marshan in front of the net. Bit of a battle with Dotchin. And watch a stick of Marshan right there. I need not say more. But it hasn't all been nefarious physicality. He is the clown prince of crime in the National mm. Hockey League. Uh, You had moments like in uh, 2013 when Brad Marchand uh, returned to Vancouver, the site of of the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. And in a bit of twisted genius, he taunted the Canucks bench by raising an invisible Stanley Cup and kissing it. (laughs) Marchand gesturing as he goes toward the Boston bench. Marchand. Showing the fans how much he appreciates the attention he gets. And then later, later he kissed an invisible Stanley Cup ring to taunt the team. I think the most infamous moment for him, though, insofar as agitation, was during the 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs, where Marchand got into the licking game. I kid you not. Yes. In April, he licked the neck of Toronto Maple Leafs forward Leo Komarov. Uh, This was after kissing him on the cheek during the regular season. And when asked about this play, which, by the way, he wasn't penalized on, Marshawn said, Did you lick Komarov? Or was it a nuzzle? Or what was it? I thought he wanted to cuddle. I was just trying to get close to him. A month later, 
He would lick the face of Tampa Bay Lightning forward and current ESPN contributor Ryan Callahan as well. <laughs> he goes up to Marshan, addresses it, wants to do it face to face, gives him a little punch there, and then this just gets gross again. I, I don't know what's oh. going through Marshan's mind. I mean, licking an opponent under the nose is not something I would recommend. And, look at- and it was at this point the NHL put him on notice to say, hey, we don't think licking other players is really a place we want to go in this game. And he's yet to lick again. I mean, Greg, like, it's worth noting, like, this is a lick that is just like a drag across the face. It's not like a little quick, like, darting of a cobra's tongue. It's like a full-on thing. Yeah, this is a full golden retriever type lick, right? Uh, yeah, Saint Bernard laying, even. Yeah, laying on opponents, and again, I, I don't think that we've seen biting. <laughs> we've seen a lot of stuff in the NHL through the years. The licking thing was innovative, on top of being abjectly <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so. It raises this question, right? Like because, as you say, there have been pests before. I think of Sean Avery. Esatikinen, like on this list of guys who have proudly played this particular role, who have trolled players. But it sounds like Brad Marchand is pretty damn different from even those legendary villains. Yeah, and and I think there's been a difference in pests. Like Avery was the type of innovator that Marchand is. Like when he stood in front of Marty Brodeur and waved his stick in front of the guy's face and he had to invent a rule the next day to say you couldn't do that. But I think Marchand is much more in the vein of a Tikkanen or a Claude Lemieux who played this role really well as an on-ice agitator, but were also really, really good at hockey. And in fact, Marchand might be the best of the group in hockey. He's been a top-line player for the Bruins for several seasons, skating with the likes of Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak. Since the start of the 2019-2020 campaign, the only players on the planet with more points in the NHL than Marchand's are the Edmonton Oilers twin terrors, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Now, since his rookie season of 2010-2011, only Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin, has more goals and points among left wings than does Marchand. So, Greg, I want to understand why this guy, who is a top five player in the league, maybe, why that dude keeps on crossing that line after the break. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom. Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more. Or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech, from Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash So Greg, we've established the legend of Brad Marchand, the villain and the pest. But this contradiction that you just explained for us here, that unlike other pests, he is also incredibly, incredibly skilled, as in he doesn't actually need to be doing all the pest stuff because he'd be a star regardless anyway. But he does. Why do you think that is? I think it's the only way he knows how to play. Now... Marshad has made some noise recently about trying to go down the straight and narrow, if you will, and get away <laughs> from his criminal past. Uh, after he was suspended three games in November 2021, he said, Again, I, I have tried extremely hard over the last four years uh, to, you know, get away from the reputation I've had. I think I've done an extremely good job at that. Um, you know, I, I know early on I... I cross over the line a lot of times and and you know it's unfortunate that uh that continues to haunt me now that quote of course uh was followed by him punching a goalie in the head a few months <laughs> later yeah, uh, real just when i think i'm out they pull me back in kind yeah. of the dynamic i think it's an inherent part of his personality that he likes to be the pest and the other thing too is that you know, there's a velocity with which he plays. And sometimes that velocity can lead to him taking penalties and, and doing things within the course of play that are going to get him in hot water with the Department of Player Safety. But I think it's what makes him special. I, I think if you took away the agitation, pest-like nature of Brad Marchand, I don't think he's necessarily the same effective player that he would be otherwise. So just to dive into like the mind of this villain who I now imagine in this conversation, like in a straitjacket behind glass as we stare at him, Greg, like how do you understand him? How do I understand him? Do you want me to psychoanalyze Brad Marchand like um, uh, Dr. Harleen Quinzel? Should I find a, a, a little <laughs> tiny couch to put him on? Yeah, exactly, Greg. Put on your glasses and your white coat and bring us into Arkham Asylum. Well, I think the best explanation we have is from the man himself. It's kind of a Brad Marchand mission statement. He said, quote, There's a lot of people out there in the hockey world who love to say winning is everything. It's the only thing. But do they really mean it? How far are they willing to go? Maybe it was my size or just the way I was born. But I've always felt like you have to be willing to do anything, literally anything, in order to win, even if that means being hated, even if it means carrying around some baggage. If I played the game any other way, you absolutely would not know my name. You wouldn't care enough to hate me because I wouldn't be in the NHL. 
That's absolutely true for him. And I think that's absolutely true for his team that Brad Marchand is a more effective player overall by being the guy that toes the line and frequently crosses it. And now I feel obligated to go from gazing into his mind, Greg, to gazing at our navel here. Because how does he deal with the media in all of this? If this is how proud he is as a person, as a persona, what's his relationship like with the press? He is a very self-aware person with the press. <laughs> he knows how the game is played. He knows uh, when to feed us little morsels that will definitely get a little bit of attention. Uh, and he knows uh, when to have some fun at our expense. How much energy can you guys play off of whenever he's making stops like that? A lot. Did uh, Tuka look dented to you? Obviously not. <laughs> what are the short answers, Brad? Next. He's done entire interviews where the answers have ranged from nope to a lot to yes to I don't know. And that's been the extent of his answers. What was the difference for us being down 2 1 in the series to winning the last three? We won. When Tuka is playing the way he is, how much does that help you guys up the time in terms of what you're doing? Do you uh, have a bet on how few words you're going to say in this? Maybe. <laughs> He's famous for trolling media on Twitter uh, about some of their statements, uh, particularly the local Boston media. That reminds me of, of one of the times when Marchand, I felt, was at his peak of self-awareness, which was the 2018 NHL All-Star Game in Tampa Bay. He attended it while he was suspended, of course, for giving Marcus Johansson a concussion. Uh, and he was less than a year removed from spearing Jake Dochin of the Lightning in the nether region. So he's already public enemy number one in Tampa. He was greeted with just cascades of boos. And of course, what does he do? He waves and blows kisses to the audience. I remember one moment where somebody in a Lightning jersey had a giant poster they made of Marchand holding a piece of cheese with rat teeth. And it said, <laughs> exterminate the rat. And Marchand, being the pest that he is and the showman that he is, skated over and took a picture with the sign. <laughs> so if this guy is so clearly in on the joke, I also wonder if his teammates are also, like, what do they think of him, Greg, if that's how he's going about his business? Well, obviously his teammates aren't super enamored with him not being in the lineup, but that might be more angst about the way the Department of Player Safety works than anything else. Um, I think they love him, and, and they value his contributions to the team beyond the pest thing. Obviously, on the scoreboard frequently, he shows up. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, his top-line teammate, said after Marchand was suspended for three games earlier this season, quote, that's the way he plays. He's competitive. He wants to win every battle. Did he get into it at times? Probably. But as he crossed the line lately, I don't think so. He's been playing at an elite level and has grown as a leader dramatically. And that's a very key statement. This man wears a letter, which is a very big deal in the National Hockey League. He wears an A as alternate captain on the Boston Bruins. And you can't underrate that aspect of him, that the journey he's been on from being a pest early as, in his career as a rookie to being a top-line all-star level scorer for the Boston Bruins who still has that pest-like nature as part of his game, I think there's a level of respect of the work that he's done 
to become that kind of player from his teammates. Yeah, I thought that that A stood for something else. <laughs> it stands for many things in the world of Brad Marchand. That is true. <laughs> but look, I also want to be fair to him, right, Greg? Because to be a villain, as we all know, is to also sometimes be misunderstood. And is there a part of this man that you think is also just something we don't get from the outside? Yeah, I I think there's a lot more to this guy that gets obscured because of his reputation. Like, for example, um, Jimmy Hayes, former NHL player, passed away recently. And um, his brother, Kevin Hayes, who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers, talked about how amazing the Bruins had been to his family, but especially Brad Marchand. Playing street hockey with Jimmy's son, Bo, uh, hanging out with him. Uh, and and kind of just being around when the family needed it. One of his former teammates, Tori Krug, who's now with the St. Louis Blues, talked to The Athletic about Marchand and talked about what he's like off the ice. They would always tell stories about how Marchand treated Krug's family. Quote, not only myself, but my nephew. He's my nephew's favorite player. No matter what the schedule is like, he always takes the time to say hello. And if he knows my family's coming to a game, He's like, hey, it's Carter coming. I'm going to look for him on the glass. So he goes that extra mile in his personal life to really make people aware of how much they're valued. So it's worth noting too, right? Like this guy is 33. I hesitate to look so far ahead into the future now. But I am curious when he steps away from hockey finally, what's the conversation going to be around in terms of how we remember him? Is it going to be as this guy who is, as you say, an excellent goal scorer, prolific, one of the best players in the league? Or is it going to be as, you know, the guy licking faces and hitting how you do's and so forth? Well, to quote a famous meme, why not both? (laughs) I actually put my hands in the air when I did that. I could hear it, yeah. I, I think he contains multitudes, and, and you can't tell the story of Brad Marchand without referencing the suspensions, without referencing the face-licking antics, without referencing the rabbit punches to Daniel Sadeen's face. Like, it's all part of the story, but so is the way that he's played uh, in the National Hockey League. And if you look at what he's done in the last decade— Only Alex Ovechkin has been a better left wing than has Brad Marchand. I mean, that is the bottom line from an offensive standpoint, from an overall play standpoint. What does that all add up to? I think it adds up to a Hall of Fame career. And it is not a hot take to say that Brad Marchand is a Hall of Famer. Let me say that. It is it is the Die Hard is a Christmas movie of hockey takes at this <laughs> point. Okay? Like, we know how good he is. He's got a Stanley Cup. He's, a, he's an extraordinarily effective player on both ends of the ice. There may be some, you know, downgrade from the clandestine Hall of Fame selection committee because of his reputation as a player, as a past, and having all these suspensions, it's tough to really gauge what they value and what they don't. But from a statistic standpoint, an achievement standpoint, and most of all for me, Pablo, from a transformational standpoint, going from what he was as a rookie to what he's become in his mid-30s, I think is is super impressive and speaks to me as as him being a Hall of Famer. And, and I think that it goes back to the ultimate origin story of Rand Marchand, which is that he was a kid at some point who was undersized and never thought he was going to make the National Hockey League and then became a win-at-all-costs 
multifaceted offensive machine who also goes around and licks people's faces. And he found <laughs> the formula. He found the pathway. He found a way to not only make himself an NHL player, but to make himself an NHL star. Greg Wachinski, thank you for being very sanitary and not quite so serious <laughs> on ESPN Daily. It's my pleasure as always. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.